Well, it's Groundhog Day, I guess. Uh, the Cleveland Browns lose another game late, a game that they very well should have, could have won. Uh, c- uh, comedy of errors all throughout the game. Um, some questionable calls late, which we will get into. Uh, some absolutely horrific situational coaching by the Browns, which, again, seems to be happening every single week, but nobody wants to put any sort of blame on the head coach. I, I, You guys are running out of reasons why not to. And season's over, my opinion. My co-host with me as always, Steve, uh, may have a different opinion on that, but uh, I believe the season's over. I think we begin the long death march to the end of the season that we know all so well and uh, maybe maybe fitting. We're going to start that on Halloween. Post-game show here, Browns post-game show. Browns lose to the Baltimore Ravens 23-20. Uh, fall to 2-5 and five on the season. Fall to 1-1 one and one in the division. Now have their fourth AFC loss on the season. And I, I'm just going to be honest, I don't know where we go from here. So, Steven? I am wallowing at the end of what was probably the worst sports week you could possibly imagine. Oh, my God. Uh, the Guardians getting knocked out of the playoffs by the Yankees, which was bad enough. But now we lose to the Ravens inside the same week. The Browns, I mean, like. Oh, don't forget, don't forget us getting bludgeoned by the that? Patriots. I mean, well, yeah. If you want to go back to last Sunday, I mean, the Ravens and the Patriots. Okay, like literally the Great. only the only thing worse would be if you somehow threw Pittsburgh in there. Like, I mean, good grief. You know, and and you say that season's done. Yeah, from a competitive standpoint, the season is done. It's over. At, I I said this this was. We've fallen back behind the line, you know, the second and third line of defense. Like the last line of defense, I said this last week, was we hadn't lost a game in the division yet. Well, guess it's over. what? It's over. That line has been breached now. So it's over. you can just forget it. Like it's over. You're not coming back from two and five. No. 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 And I even gave them some sort of weird, ridiculous credit before the game today. I said, you know what? It would be totally Browns if they came out and they played their best game of the year and they won against Baltimore to only give us some sort of false sense of hope to just piss down their leg against the Bengals the next week. It would have been no. very 2019 of them because that's exactly what happened in, I think there was week four or five of the 2019 season after they started one and three uh, or something like that. And for a while today, it looked like that might happen. The Browns jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Things were going well. Um, they had a 10-6 lead late in the first half, but then they had a terrible fumble, which led to a short field for Baltimore and gave them their first touchdown of the game. From there, you just got – and then the Baltimore got the first drive of the second half too. You know, it just so it just kind of double compounded at that point. And uh, he, here's where the game was lost for me. You come out in the second half. Baltimore gets the ball. They go backwards essentially on every play. They have to punt three and out. Defense does their job. 
And what the hell does Kevin Stefanski do when we get the ball on the 40-yard line? Pass, 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 punt. You lost the game right there. Ridiculous. Why in the world? Right there you lost the game. And as as I mentioned before. Your best went, player on the team is the running back, and you won't give him the ball. And don't even get me started at the end of the game when he wasn't even on the field. Again. Again, theme of this episode, Groundhog Day. The same shit happens every week over and over and over again. There's one common denominator. It's the head freaking coach. Cavaliers season starts this week, so I'm going to Thank go with, God. I'm going to go with a basketball analogy here. Jacoby Reset I think completed all but one pass in, in the first half of this game. I think in particular on that first drive of the second half, Stefanski was guilty of going with who he perceived had the hot hand at the time. And like a guy in the NBA who's knocking down every jumper, every fallaway jumper in sight, you know, a lot of Listen, times, teams just they they give him the ball. You know, they think he's going to score every time, and then he starts missing. I mean, that's just that's what happened there. If we had twenty four points at halftime and we were up twenty four to thirteen, and that's what happened, sure, fine. We had ten points with our quarterback completing all but one or uh, completing every single pass except for one in the first half. We had ten points. So obviously, even though we were doing that, it wasn't exactly working. Your best player. Should get the lion's share of the ball. 16 carries. That's unacceptable in a game that never got out of hand. It was within a score or 10 points the entire game. At its worst point, it was 23-13 to 13 early in the fourth if quarter. He, it, it, Nick Chubb, I'm sorry, and I'm sick and tired of all the people saying, whoa, he gets the, he gets the, the second most uh, carries in the NFL. Okay, fine. Most of those teams don't have a bad quarterback playing with him. And I get Jacoby was was not he wasn't bad he wasn't bad today. This is he's not the reason you lost. Although him holding on to the football and taking incredibly ill-timed sacks and fumbling the ball is going to be the death of me. He took a terrible sack at the end of the first half, which cost you an opportunity to kick a field goal to tie the game at the end yep. of first half. And uh, he also, like you said earlier in the game, essentially gave the Ravens their first touchdown by by you know a strip sack. Right. I mean, defensively, yeah. You know, and I mean, I can't. Re- yeah, I can't. The defense really... has been very bad all season, but you know, first half of this game, they were very good. They had only yeah. conceded two field goals. Things were going pretty well, and and that's the one thing that you, you just don't want to do is yeah. is make it easier for the opposing offense. And when and, they're struggling, especially. Yeah. And then in the fourth quarter, we were down by ten. The offense uh, scores a touchdown to bring it within three, and you ask, hey, defense, get us a stop. Did it look like for most of that drive that Baltimore was just bludgeoning us right down the field with the run? Yes, but they ended up coming up with the turnover. JOK punched the ball out of can't remember who it was, number 17. I don't know who that who that is on Baltimore, but the ball carrier punched it out. We we recover the fumble and you're like, "Hey, we got a chance." And, you know, we'll get into that the sequence of what happened at the end there and you know, questionable calls, all that stuff, but I just, it's, this team is 
incapable of making winning plays when they need to. Absolutely incapable of doing so. Incapable. So far this season, as we've made mention on previous podcasts, after every one of these losses, they've lost in the fourth quarter of the game on the line against Atlanta. They've done it against the L.A. Chargers. Those are two teams that absolutely are almost incapable of winning games in the fourth quarter. And if well, you look at what Baltimore has done this year— Don't forget year, about the Jets game, They've too. already caught—I mean, the Jets are usually never winning at the end of the fourth quarter, well, until recently. But be that as it may, Baltimore coughed up a humongous lead against Miami back in Week 2. They coughed up another big lead against some other team I can't remember a few weeks later— they, They've been at sixes and sevens trying to hold on to games at the end of games. And yet, once again, at the Magic Elixir seems to be when you're struggling to hold leads or win a game at the end of the game is just play the Browns. Yep. I mean, this, this is the third example of that now. Yep. And now, you know what's funny? I said this. Uh, we were, I was watching the game over at my brother's house, and – I said, you know what? Watch this be the thing that allows Baltimore to go on like a five or six game winning streak now. Just have the Browns come in. We got to figure out how to win at the end. Just have the Browns come in. They'll they'll screw it up. In that same vein, well, maybe good for Cincinnati because they get us next. You know, maybe they could use some of that mo- that juju too. Although they look very. I good will. Today. I, I will tell you right now, that stadium, at the first sign of things going poorly on next Monday night, that stadium is going to be like a Halloween scene. Mm. That scene is going to be ugly. Hmm. And yes, Miles, you guys will deserve the booze. People are frustrated, and they've got every reason to be so. Although, look, look no, look no further to cross the table for you, because I, I'm to the point. I'm to the point now where I'm. I, I'm almost to the point. Now, where I'm, I would not be upset if Jimmy Haslam just decided to push the button and blow everything up. I, listen, I'm already there with the special teams coordinator and the defensive coordinator. The defense played fine today. I have, I really don't have that much. I don't have that really anything to say bad against the defense. Lamar Jackson played like crap today. Lamar Jackson's just not. Lamar Jackson that great. played like crap today. They have nothing. Mark Andrews didn't catch a pass, and we lost. For the second time this season, we have lost to a team that didn't even convert double-digit passes in the game. How does that happen? Atlanta only completed seven passes back in week four. Baltimore only completed nine passes today. And it's on Atlanta, it's against the defense because they, they rushed for like a bajillion yards. The defense didn't play bad today, really. They didn't. If you look at this game from a statistical standpoint, you almost wonder, how did the Browns not win this game? This coach has no idea how to coach in-game situationally. He has no idea. He's literally dumb. He has no clue. None. No clue. How many times are we going to have a one or two score lead in the first quarter and lose a game? How many times has that happened? Well, it happened against the Jets. It happened against the Chargers. Panther, did we have a big enough lead early against the Panthers? I don't know. But we had a two-score so. lead at one point in that game. But it happened um, against the, the Chargers. You had yes, a big lead early. 14 nothing. You lost that game. It happened today, too. Yeah. So that's three games, at least. Yeah. Jets, Chargers, and, and Ravens. <sighs> Patriots game, you got crushed. And the other game was Atlanta, which I think they were behind most of the game. But... 
I mean. And then what what on earth? And I, my brother and I, <laughs> this is where we got into like a knockdown drag out argument. Early in the game, the Browns, the Browns, uh, it was third down, third down, and I believe like fifteen or something. Baltimore was backed up. Uh, Lamar Jackson ends up running for five yards, gets tackled. It's fourth and ten. The Ravens are about they they snap they snap the ball to punt, and then all of a sudden the whistle's blowing. I'm like, what is going on? And then it said the Browns are challenging to see if Lamar Jackson was down, like back in you know, like he was down, like sacked almost. He didn't end up getting the first down on the play anyway. It was sacked. It was fourth and ten. Yeah. You lose the challenge. The punt that didn't count ended up only going like 40, 45 yards. You lose the challenge. They punt again. 70-yard punt. That's almost comical right there. <laughs> like ah. what are you what are you what are you to gain if you win that challenge? Oh, you get a stat because it's a sack? And you back them up five yards? Two yards. He got yeah, five like, yards. He was they were backed up anyway. It was fourth and ten. And this moron challenges. It'd be different if, like, it, they were backed up on their own end zone with a safety and or because something of, like that. And, yeah, but and like, because of it, we lost 30 yards in field position. And a challenge. <laughs> like, it's mind-numbing how stupid this, this coaching staff is. When was the last time they managed a game well and we won? Pittsburgh? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's what I would say, but, I mean, we still couldn't recover an onside kick in that game. It's been so. a month then. Yeah. And before that, it, it was the last time they won the game, period. And so, before yeah. that, it hadn't happened all year, and this is stuff that hasn't just been starting this year. This is stuff that happened all of last year, too. Right. And everybody wanted to blame the quarterback last year. Fine, he wasn't good, and it's obviously being proven that the guy stinks. But... <clears throat> You can't blame Baker Mayfield with this stuff anymore. The 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 being bad in fourth quarters, the screwing up with the game on the line. You can't blame it on Baker Mayfield anymore. And and, I, and yeah, Jacoby Brissett is not ideal at, at quarterback, but the same stuff keeps happening over and over and over and over and over again. I'm telling you right now, this stuff keeps happening in these games. The Browns have had the supposed talent advantage in all of these games. And you keep losing. You are going to get fired. Yep. It's going to be just like what happened to Freddie Kitchens in 2019. I, I see people that are saying, like, oh, it's not fair. You can't you can't uh, fire Stefanski before he gets a real shot with Deshaun Watson. He's taking it out, he's taking it out of, you know, he's making it an easier decision each He's making it easier on the owner each and every week. And everybody people keep saying on the internet, "Oh, they won't they won't really fire Stefanski until he has a full year." Do you know who the owner is? That guy is right. that guy is is able to push that button at any time. <laughs> any time. Right or wrong. Yeah. Right, wrong or indifferent. Would I he's, fire St- He's shown that he's done it in the past. I mean, he'll do Would it. Would I again. fire Stefanski right now? No. That does not mean he is saved from criticism. The guy has been horrible. Absolutely not. I mean, you you were mentioning how 
we were blaming the quarterback before and yeah. not the head coach. Jacoby Brissett, uh, maybe this is my dumb opinion, but Jacoby Brissett has played bad in two games right. this season against right. Atlanta and against New England. The other five games he's played, like, between good and great. Here's another thing that bothers me, and, you know, I, I, do, I don't really mean to go on a uh, go on this rant against analytics because I do believe that it has a place in the game. I do believe that they should be using it. Here's the problem I have with this. They're using analytics solely, and the thing that it doesn't take into consideration is the the who that you're using these analytics to make your decisions. The being aggressive with throwing it, the the you know, all that stuff is fine if you have a legitimate franchise quarterback and not a career backup who is prone to making mistakes in high pressure moments. Like when you said he he was 14 of 15 and they're only giving uh uh Nick Chubb the ball 16 times and I think hit uh Jacoby's end up having a stat of like he was 22 22 27 for like 250 yards. That's great. Which that's in fine. a vacuum is is that's, that's really fine. good. Yeah, that's fine. 106.5 passer rating. My problem is is some of the stuff that they were calling you call that when you have a legitimate franchise quarterback. When you are talent deficient at quarterback, which they are, Jacoby Brissett is doing his best with what he has. But when you are talent deficient and you're you you're look you look over there and you have, damn it, the best running back in the effing league. And you give him sixteen carries. And you don't have him on the field at the end of the game. I don't want to hear That's the part that gets me. I don't I, listen. I don't want to hear he's not a good receiver out of the backfield. They threw it to him about three or four times earlier in the game. So if you're willing, you were willing to throw it to him at some point. Like there, there was, there was a, there was at the at the end of the game when he actually was on the field, there was a play. I think it was first down where they were in the shotgun, and this was first and ten at the forty-one, I believe. And Baltimore. Baltimore for most of the game had an eight nine man in the box. They were trying to shut down Nick Chubb because they didn't they didn't think Jacoby Brissett could beat them. Jacoby played a played Which a value he was game. Proving them wrong because the Browns hit on some big time plays in the passing game in this. But game. they had, they they had a soft box on this particular play. Was, I believe you're right. It was first down. Chubb was on the field. Ball gets snapped. Jacoby gets the snap. Looks immediately out into the flat at Nick Chubb, and throws him the ball. So that tells me that Jacoby's first read is directly out into the flat with Nick Chubb. Why wouldn't you just hand the ball off to him at that point? Why are you calling that play? You have a soft soft defense at that point because they they were they wanted to take away the, the the deep play. Why not just inside handoff draw? See what Nick Chubb can do. It's going to be a lot better than passing it out to him in the flat. My only thought there is maybe they were trying to get around the defense cuz they were stacked so much in the middle, but no, I'm no, I'm telling you, they were. It was a soft defense there. Mm. They didn't have eight or nine in the box. Mm. It was at it was it was at the end of the game, and when they're just trying to give not give up a big play, which ultimately they did, yeah. and incredulously got bailed out. And, and the worst part about this is the knock on Jacoby Brissett is that he has not been able to make the plays at the end of the game to win games. Mm-hmm. Today he freaking did. And the referees freaking took it away. That really makes me very upset. 
You're talking about the offensive PI? Yes. Uh, that should have been now. Okay, hold on. Just full disclosure, even if it's 27-23, not a guarantee the Browns' defense would have stepped up to stop Baltimore behind that. But that should have been the discussion, not the BS that was called on the field on that particular play. See, I I actually think he did push off. Um, was it to the point where you should have thrown a flag on that with what was at stake? I'm going to go with another NBA analogy right now. Ain't no way they call that on the basketball court in the last two minutes of a game. I'll play that ticky-tack. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. He, I mean, he, he definitely pushed off. I mean, there's no, there's no, you can't argue that. Was it egregious? I would have called it more hand fighting personally, but. No, there was, there was no hand fighting. The, the DB didn't get any hands on, on Amari Cooper at all. He pushed off. You can look at every angle you want to. He did push off. Was it worthy of being called? Maybe, maybe not. My problem with it is I don't even think he needed to do that in order to catch the football. I put it more on Amari Cooper for even making it a question because I actually think Jacoby Brissett threw a freaking dime on that play. He did. And I don't think Amari Cooper needed to put his hand on the on the defender to create any sort of uh, any sort of space. I thought that ball was being completed regardless, regardless of the D- DB. It was that well of a throw by uh, Jacoby. I, I'm going to go back to what you kind of said, which is what my issue is, again, game situational management. Third and two, why is Nick Chubb not getting the ball there? Because there is still, what was there, three minutes left at that point? Uh, yes. So like No, you said, wait, it was just, wait a minute, so... When the Cooper play happened, that was, I think, just under 2.30 remaining, I think. When they eventually uh, yeah, kicked the right. field okay, goal, there so, was 2.09, okay. which that brings me to something else, but I'm not okay, go back so, to you so, first. So, two third, whatever, two and a half minutes remaining. Given the way that the Browns have closed out games this season, and I know Baltimore's been bad too, but let's just say, ultimately, Baltimore won the game, so they get the benefit of the doubt in this situation. The Browns don't, because the Browns have no idea how to win a football game. Right. Let's say that that penalty is not called. Jaco- or, uh, Amari Cooper uh, scores a touchdown. We go up 27-23. Right. They need a touchdown. They can't do it with a field goal. So, so, you take, so you take Justin Tucker out of the equation two minutes there, the two which is big. Do you have any faith? Even though they played well today. I'm, but this is me more as a body of work along the season so far and what they've done late in games. Do you have any faith? that the Browns' defense was going to get a stop there after we got the touchdown take the lead with two and a half minutes left? I actually have a little bit. And the reason being is that, A, Baltimore needed a touchdown. The field goal is not good enough, which you just mentioned. And then secondly, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have not exactly played well with the game on the line when when they needed to, to win the fourth quarter either. And Lamar Jackson was not having a very good game today. So with those three factors now, could could the Ravens have still won the game on the light drive? Yes, they could have. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably put it like, I don't know, 60 to 66% chance the Browns probably win in that situation, but it wouldn't have been a sure bet. Okay. So in that so in that situation, you're fine with uh, the Browns taking a shot deep on third and two there? Yes. Okay. 
We'll disagree with that, but hey, whatever. It's it, unconventional, but they actually did it two weeks ago against L.A., and it ended up not working out because Brissett threw the ball out of bounds when he threw deep for DPJ. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I get the philosophy behind it. Yeah. And, again, if Cooper doesn't push off, and whether you think it was a penalty or not, you cannot deny the fact that Cooper did push off at least a little bit. Call, he 100% did. The call that I actually disagreed with most was the, field the decision goal. to kick the field goal on fourth and five. I can't believe I'm going to say this because I'm oh, saying you the have Browns, a pro- you have a problem with them actually the Browns, trying to kick it. Yeah, I would have gone for the 55 it yarder on on fourth and five. I I, I would have gone for it in that situation because Cade York just missed from that exact spot two weeks ago. I I was not feeling all that confident that he was going to make it to begin with. He hasn't missed a kick since. Now, granted, I mean, if he makes it, great. It's tied, but. Again. Going back to the scenario you just had, <laughs> at that point, you give it back to the right. Ravens two minutes left. At that point, now they only Justin need a field Tucker goal to beat can you. win the game. So yeah. I was I, not feeling so good yeah. about it. So on the flip side, I was thinking, okay, if you don't get it, you're going to give it back. You're going to have the two-minute warning and a timeout. It's not great. If you get the ball back with a minute and ten, you'd be in the same situation you were against Atlanta, but you'd be only down three. You'd only need a field goal to tie. So if it were me, I would have gone for it in that situation instead of kicking the field goal. Yeah. And especially after the – ridiculous false start penalty where I swear I didn't I, maybe my eyes are bad but I didn't see anybody jump on that play uh, uh yeah um uh, Michael Dunn did actually jump uh you can there was an I angle guess my eyes are bad well no I I didn't I didn't see the I didn't see the and angle. half a Twitter apparently has bad eyes too because everybody was talking about that well I didn't hear I didn't I'll bring it up and I'll show you um you can actually see if it was a legit false start penalty, then I definitely would have brought the offense back on for fourth and ten. Because there's no way I would have had him kick a sixty yarder. Watch him move his foot before the snap. Oh, and the guy next to him moved too after the guy moved his foot. Yeah. Harrison Bryant. So supposedly the rule is huh. the, the now you can see the Ravens also jumped. Right. But apparently the rule is if you're on the other side of the line from the guy from the people who are in the neutral zone. And you jump, it's still a false start. If basically, if it's not the guy that's directly opposite Pretty, you, or or like right next to. Okay. So that's why they ended up calling. So I guess by the letter of the law, they actually got the call right. But hey, another thing, another thing, that, which makes listen, it even more questionable that they get the field goal on fourth and ten. But granted, another, fourth and ten's not a great scenario either. Another gaffe by the special teams. I mean, for God's sake, when are we going to actually? I mean, it's, it's the complimentary def- football. It's the definition. We don't play complimentary it's, football. It's the definition of insanity, man. It's it's doing the same thing, expecting a different result. How many weeks in a row are we going to have gaffes on defense or and or special teams before somebody is held accountable? If you're not going to fire a coach, bench somebody. Fire a coordinator. You know, do, no, do, I'm do saying if they're oh. they're not going, they're, not I they're meant head coach. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, fire fire a uh, coordinator. Right. Um, they're not going to fire a coordinator before the season's over. I, I'm convinced. Well, then, yeah, I'm make, convinced. Kevin, make Stefanski a change to your to starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, how is? And again, he didn't really play that bad today, so I, I can't really get on him that much. But how is Grant Delpit still in the starting lineup? The guy was. Horrid last week against New England. But probably no. count on one hand the amount of players that weren't horrid against New England. <sighs> this is true. 
But, yeah, he was culpable more so than just about anybody. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, that's about all the uh, lambasting I have to do about this game today. The season's over. Um, you know, we had – most of us had this this – just fairy tale dream that somehow the Browns were going to be still in it when Deshaun Watson comes came back and then he could start leading us on this fairy tale ride of winning the division and getting into the playoffs and hosting a, a playoff game and all this nonsense. It doesn't matter anymore. It's over. I mean, the Browns might be two and nine by the time Deshaun Watson comes back. If you didn't throw up all over yourselves at the end of the Jets game. You know, you talk about butterfly effect sometimes. I'm really starting to wonder if a lot of the trajectory we've been out over the last month is just, you know, I didn't want to believe this, but you said it after that Jets game. You were like, this is a game that's going to haunt us the rest of the season. It really does look like that game is still haunting us yeah. because we can't make plays in any discernible way, offensively or defensively or special teams, yep. to win games with the game on the line. We couldn't do it offensively against Atlanta. We couldn't do it on special teams against L.A. New England was we were never in that one. No. But then this game today, you know, same kind of deal. Offense wasn't there. Special teams wasn't there. You know, it's just it's just it's over. It's over. Yeah. So and you know what sucks is we gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta be here ten and do more another games. ten more of these ten more games, folks. And I'm I'm sorry if you don't think if this happens and, and and you look at our schedule over the next four weeks, the Browns maybe win one of those games. If it, it I I was I, I would say the Dolphins game, but two is back. A few weeks ago, it looked like this game Monday was probably one we were going to win. Now it looks like one where. Yeah, we'd I mean, be really lucky to do maybe, so. Maybe now you look at the Tampa Bay game, given how given how they look right now, maybe that's a winnable that's game. That's what I've been saying for weeks now, and whatever hard-on the folks in Vegas seem to have <laughs> for Tampa, I mean, they were favored by 13 today. Like, I know Carolina's bad, but, like, you've seen Tampa play? Like, I don't care who you play. Like, <laughs> <laughs> favored by 13 well, on the they, road? Are they you ob- kidding me? They obviously thought the same thing that I did because I picked Tampa Bay to, to cover that because – you fire in the case of Carolina. Uh, this may not be a bad thing, but your your starting quarterback is hurt and out. You just fired. <laughs> you just fired your head coach, and then this week you just traded away your best player. I mean, if if that wasn't a recipe for a team giving up, I don't know what is. But hey, kudos to Carolina for for beating beating uh, Tampa Bay. And yeah, Tampa Bay looks bad. And right we now. might as well just you know starting with around the league. I mean, we're talking about yeah. that game right now. Carolina defeated Tampa twenty one to three. Giselle Boonshin must be the LVP of the Buccaneers season because it's Tom wit- Brady looks bad. It's that witchcraft, the whole man. team just looks awful. They're three and four. They're only a game in front of Carolina. It's two and five. I don't know like either one of these teams is going anywhere, quite frankly. Um, so that that's the bottom line there. Backing up to Thursday, we finally had a decent Thursday game this week. Arizona and New Orleans combined to put up seventy six points in this game. The Cardinals. Come out with a 42-34 to 34 win. This is another... Now, I mean, I don't think either one of these teams is really going much of anywhere, and Alvin Kamara had a pretty nice meltdown in the postgame presser, oddly enough. Oh, really? Yeah, basically saying that, you know, nobody on this team is accountable, and this is ridiculous. Oh, that doesn't sound <laughs> familiar. <laughs> Here's the difference, though. Alvin Kamara is willing to go out there and say it. 
our supposed leaders are going out there like after week two and blaming the freaking fans. <laughs> Miles. <laughs> and Good on Alvin Kamara to actually step yeah, up and say a it. Similar situation. The Browns and are supposedly, two and five. The Saints are two and five also. And supposedly there was a lot of screaming and yelling emanating from the Browns locker room after the game. And people are saying, oh, yeah, good good on the players to finally, you know, act upset. It's about freaking time. Where was that after you 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 capitulated against the freaking Jets in week two? No, we're gonna come out. Oh, it's really it's really uh, disappointing that uh, the fans were booing at the end of the game because these guys play their ass off. Okay, it's not often we agree with Aaron Goldhammer, but he had that exact team. No, he's right on the money. You know, where right was this the after money. the Jets game, or at the very least after Atlanta or L.A.? Like, yeah, you're I mean, gonna get pissed off now. The season's grief. over. You're not going to the playoffs. Right. Again, you, like you'd be you delusional said, even to think so. Like you, I mean, you know, we talk, we talk about the 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 schedule that they have uh, the next four games, and again, it goes back to the old line. I don't care who you play. I don't think this team could beat anybody right now. No, I mean, it seems like their only pathway to win right now is they're just winning by a bunch the whole game, and it's not even close in the fourth quarter. You know. But we don't. Uh... Going back into some of the games we sort of alluded to already today, the Bengals. Boy, we were laughing at them when they were 0-2, but they've really put it together now. They've won their fourth game out of their last five. They beat Atlanta 35-17. to They just jumped all over Atlanta early in this game. Joe Burrow looks awesome. The unfortunate thing for them <coughs> is they have the same record as the Ravens, 4-3, and but they are 0-2 in the division. The Ravens are 2-0. Yeah, this game is really super significant for Cincinnati coming up Monday because they – Oh, gee. How great. Could, could they go down? I mean, it's the like they could be 500, but they'd be 0-3 in the division. The Bengals that's have hard to extra, come back from. The Bengals have extra motivation coming in here. Oh, great. I'm sure the Browns will put up a great fight. Hmm. You know, there's another thing is people are going to hold over Joe Burrow's head. The fact that he hasn't lost, he hasn't beaten the Browns yet in his career. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to change on Monday. The spread couldn't be high enough for me to pick the Browns against the Bengals next week. And you know what's going to happen? By the time we get to our picks on Sunday morning, I'm probably going to pick them because I'm an idiot. Mm. Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, we we both had the Browns in the points today. They did cover. So that, that was a victory there. Great. Continuing down the 1 o'clock window here, the Cowboys, uh, they got an easy victory today against the Lions, 24-6. to Dak Prescott came back today. Took yep. them a while to get going, but they, uh, they do enough. The Lions are even worse than... They they gotta be like worst team in the league practically, one and five now. The Cowboys looking good at five and two. The Titans defeat the Colts nineteen to ten. This game was for first place in the AFC South. The Titans win it, so they are now four and two. The Colts are now three three and one. And what in the world is going on in Green Bay? The Packers wow jumped out to an early lead against the Commanders, but the Commanders came storming back. 23 unanswered points at one point, and they win this game 23 to 21. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's going on in Green in the Green Bay locker room, but it, it must not be a fun place right now. They're three and four. They've lost their last three games now. Yeah. Uh, the Commanders actually are three and four, which, I mean, that doesn't look so good when you look at how good their division is. But you know, yeah. they may not be the chopped liver that we thought. I mean, I still don't expect much out of them, but. Uh, I mean, three and four, that's more wins than the Browns have. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, crazy ending to one of these games. 
the Giants holding a six-point lead late against Jacksonville. Jacksonville. The end of this game was nuts. <laughs> Jacksonville gets the ball back down six at the end of the game. They convert a fourth and 15. To keep the drive alive. And then they end up there at about like the 20. And Trevor Lawrence throws a pass to the two-yard line, is caught. Guy tries fighting into the end zone, is stonewalled at the one, gets tackled, and they don't have any timeouts left, and the clock runs they out. They run out of time the Giants win on the one-yard line. Unfreaking <laughs> believable. You know, I'll tell you what. Listen, do I think that they're good enough to make like a deep playoff run this year? No, but the Giants have like Team of Destiny written all over them. How on earth is that football team 6-1? and one? I I don't know. I mean, it, we talked about the Ravens gacking games away. I mean, just last week, the I mean, Giants when does pulled the, to come back and, and yeah. beat them. I mean, when does the Magic Pixie Dust run out? I, they have a vibe of probably Arizona they, from last year. Yeah, a little bit. They, probably they, when they, they, they really face the do. Eagles the first time. Eagles are down. I mean, the one loss so far is to Dallas, so oddly enough, they yeah. already have a division defeat. But, you know, there you go. Um, as I said, you know, Vegas seems to have a hard-on for Tampa. They seem to be very limp with the Giants. The, they gave they gave the I mean, the Giants were underdogs at five Pause. and one in Jacksonville. Not just underdogs, three-point underdogs. I, I mean, so if Jacksonville even would have won this game at the buzzer, they the Giants still would have covered. Yeah. Who in their right mind was like, I, I just don't get it. Especially because Vegas must have lost a ton of money on this game because oh, yeah. the Giants have a very large fan base, you know, not just in the New York region, which is huge, but semi-nationally, whereas Jacksonville has almost no fan base at all. People must have seen this line and been like, oh, Giants, all friggin' day. So Vegas must have felt extremely strongly that the Jaguars were going to cover this game because they're losing their shirt probably <laughs> over all the money people were winning on that game. Anyway, going right. to the 4 o'clock window here, the Raiders are up on the Texans 31-20. to That's about six minutes left in the game. Looks like Vegas is going to get a – well, I mean, I can't say it's an important win, but the Texans are one of the worst teams in the league. They're going to fall to 1-6 and six after this one. Raiders really need this one. Looks like they're going to get it. The Chiefs are up 28-16 to 16 on the 49ers. That has about three minutes left in the third quarter. So that's not completely out of reach for San Fran at this point, but you'd like Kansas City's odds to hold on to this one. They'll go to 5-2 and two if they win it. The Jets and the Broncos are playing a tight one. The Jets are up 10-9 at the end of the third quarter in Denver. You have one of your surprise teams of the year right now, the Jets at 4-2 and two against maybe one of the biggest disappointments in the league in Denver. Yeah, uh, Denver needs this one desperately if they're going to stay in any sort of a hunt. Otherwise, I think they fall to 2-5, and five, and they're looking at almost being completely out of it as well. So that game could go either way, and then – We've got an upset brewing at SoFi where the Chargers are losing 24-14 to to the Seahawks. Man, I don't Seattle. know how they're doing it, but Seattle, uh, Seattle, man, boy. You talk about the uh, the Giants being a team. I don't know how their record is where they are. I, 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 I thought Seattle was going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. And they, it's certainly If they hold on, they move to 4-3. and three. Yeah, they're over 500 with, with a win today. Again, all these all, these teams who Against we thought an LA were team that was on a win streak. We thought we were going to be bad are being really good, and then you have the effing Browns, which everybody in the media was just hailing all the talent they have on their roster, and all this and that. And yeah, Deshaun Watson is suspended for the first uh, 
11 games. And it's just like, this is what makes it even more maddening about the Browns is if they had a talent efficiency, like they did when they went one and 31 and 16 and 17, that's one thing. This team, even though I didn't think that they were as good as they were, I was told all off season, all the talent that they have on defense and they're going to, you know, they have the best running game in the, in the league. Well, they, yeah, they, they, that might be true, but they don't use it. <sighs> and despite any praise that the Browns were getting in the media, I didn't see anybody picking them to win the AFC North. Everybody was on Cincinnati's, you know what, uh, for most of the offseason, and Joe Burrow being anointed as the second coming. Maybe after a rocky start, maybe they're starting to put it together. And anyone who wasn't picking Cincinnati was picking Baltimore. And the Ravens, honestly, don't even look that great either. But even in a year where if the Browns would just get out of their own way – They'd either be winning the division or at the very least be tied for the division lead right now, and they just can't do it. I mean, it just stinks. I'm... Two teams that are just awful at the end of games play each other. Oh, one of them's the Browns? Oh, yeah, I'll pick the other team. That's just what it is. I mean, forgot if somebody some, – uh, Taco Paul asked me uh, – what did he say on Twitter? He said something about uh, not being able to understand how Browns fans like uh, – do this year in and year out. I'm like, I'm conditioned to it now. I, this has happened my whole life. I frankly wondered the same thing for a very long time. And it hit critical mass for me in 2016, 2017. I was just like, why, why are we doing this? He says the, the, he said the excitement and fun of the 2020 season seems so long ago. I don't know how y'all put up with this torment year after year. And I said, been doing it my whole life. I'm conditioned at this point. Just thankful for the guards and the Cavs. Especially when we have other teams in the city that, well, may not win the big one necessarily, but actually win. Yeah. You know, when the Cavs, I mean, did win one big one, but, you know. Crazy. All right, let's keep – what uh, What do we still have? Is that it for the around that, the NFL? That, that is it for the games that are currently in progress. Uh, night games tonight, we've got the Dolphins hosting the Steelers. And then Two was back, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, that was an interesting line. That was another. I, that, that I know, was the I only. Know. That was the only other game besides Tampa and Carolina. We went opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I went with Pittsburgh. You went with Miami. Miami's favored by seven. That seems like a big line to me. But hopefully, Miami puts it on the Steelers because yeah. screw Pittsburgh. That's right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah, because yeah, if Pittsburgh wins this game, the guess what? We're in last. Browns place. are in the in the basement. Yeah, I know. And then Monday night. Phones died, so I don't even know what Monday night is. But um, um, Monday night is uh, is it the Rams? No, no, the Rams have a bye. Give me a second here. Let me pull it up. It's not. A, oh, it's the uh, Bears against the Patriots. Bears Patriots. Which I mean, the way New England's at playing, New England. Good luck, Bears. Yeah, it's not going to be fun for Bears fans. But I don't really have much sympathy for anybody else's uh, fan base right now because I. I don't really have the energy for it. Is so. there anybody that's suffering more than us right now? Maybe Houston, maybe Detroit. That's about it. Houston's no, not Houston. Get get the hell out of here with Houston. I mean, they they at least get to look forward to that top ten pick that they're going to be getting from the Browns. Yeah, and they're also about to sweep <laughs> the Yankees and go to the World Series for like the fourth time in the last decade. So you're saying the Guardians would have had no shot in this series, even if they had beat the Yanks? No, I don't. I don't say that. Because oh. I picked the Guardians to win the World Series, that didn't oh. really turn out good. I, I, listen, that's for another show. Um, but 
the Yankees are just absolute 100% fugues, and if the MLB didn't give them a BS rainout for Game 5 uh, on Monday, uh, I think we would be playing Houston Astros right now. We'd be playing them right now. We would have had Game 3 but at the field last night. That's for another show. I'm just glad the Yankees are getting their just desserts right now. Here's what I know. It is 6.50 on a Sunday night. The Cavs are about to have their home opener in about 10 minutes. I'm going to go watch that. So that's going to be the end of our postgame show. Browns lose again in Baltimore, 23-20. to Fall to 2-5 and on the season. And uh, stay tuned this week for LOTL. Should have uh, at least one, hopefully a couple of guests on. Uh, two guys that you know very well. We are going to do a NBA preview. We're going to talk a lot of Cavs. We're also going to talk just a lot of NBA in general. So we will be doing that this week uh, on Wednesday evening. Episode will be posted Wednesday night or Thursday morning. And, uh, yeah, appreciate it. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, Okay. Come on, Cavs. Yep. That's right. Gotta make it happen. Come on, Cavs. So that's gonna do it for us. Uh, Beat the Bulls by 32 last night. You How can about find that? us on social media at Stiffs McGee and at Daniel J Ford. You can follow the podcast at the L O T L podcast. And we will see you guys uh, later uh, this week. Thanks. See you guys. Bye. Bye.